Hey everyone, hey and welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica. This is your host Tom Quee. This is the closing edition of our trilogy on Metallica's Bridge School Benefit concerts. If you're not aware of what the Bridge School Benefit is, uh, we've kind of explained it in depth in the past two episodes. Essentially, it's a, uh, a charity, an annual charity concert held in Mountain View, California every October at the Shoreline Amphitheater, or at least up until 2016. This seems to be the last Bridge School that has gone down. Uh, I think Neil Young maybe has retired from doing it. I'm not quite sure. That could be conjecture, but it's it's um, an unbelievably worthy concert to which a panoply of stars always emerge there. Like I'm looking at the history now in uh, 2000, October 2000, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, Tom Petty, Beck, Dave Matthews Band, Robin Williams, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Foo Fighters, and you, know, and you can look at any of the years and there are so many incredible bands there, including Metallica. And the last two editions have seen us going through the 1997 concerts and the 2000 and, uh, 2007 concerts as well. And now we're back for the 2016 ones. Just before we get into it, please follow the show at Pod on Twitter if you want to know about upcoming episodes, you want to get in touch with me, also get in touch with me via email, metallicapod at gmail.com. If you want to support the show, patreon.com forward slash alphabetallica. Everything goes on there first, including this episode. So if you want to listen to the content way before it comes out on the main channel, you can support us there. Also, leave a review on iTunes. But uh, as always with these Bridge School things, it's not just myself. It is, you know, good friend, uh, brilliant correspondent, knowledgeable Metallica man, John Sturm. How's it going, man? <laughs> Oh, that's a lot to live up to, Tom. Thanks. <laughs> you are a knowledgeable Metallica man, though. It's, you know, it's undeniable. I, no. Yeah, and, uh, okay. Um, you know, the Bridge School benefits, with, which we've yeah. gone through, um, you know, at length now, where would you rank this generally, just before we get in the songs, out of the three? Hmm. It's a tricky one, because you mentioned Trilogy earlier, and the thing that sprang to mind when you said that was the good, the bad, and the ugly. Right. And I can't decide which one of those three this show is. There I is some... I'd say, I'd say 97's choices. the ugly one. Oh, I don't know. 97's right in my wheelhouse. You know, okay. that's my peak of fandom. So there's a bit... I don't know. I think there's some there's some choices here that I don't particularly like. So I think out of all of them, I would always gravitate to 2007 more than the other two, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think 2007 definitely has the best set list um, yeah. in terms of the covers, in terms of where they went with this. But yeah, these concerts went down uh, October 22nd and 23rd, 2016. And just to give you an idea of the the lineups themselves, Cage the Elephant were there, My Morning Jacket, Neil Young, Niles Lofren, Roger Waters, Willie... You know, it, it blows mm. my mind how crazy these concerts are. They are, they are absolutely undeniable. And it's kind of the same thing that we've seen visually before. It's the four guys in a stripped-down sort of uh, you know circus top environment with a lot of the people that the charity's helping sat behind them and a large crowd in front of them and we kick off with whiskey in the jar what, what are your thoughts on this uh, this this version um i quite liked it i thought it was a good choice to start with i think um i did think that both of both james and kirk playing um what sounded like power chords meant that it felt like it lacked a little bit of depth i thought would it be nice if one of them was playing sort of open chords mm -hmm. to give it a bit of a richer sound but um yeah i like the like the solo uh the, the harmonies after the solo i thought that was an interesting uh interesting choice and um i've always got a thing for when james ch uh, changes that line in the in the middle eight section where he changes to uh hear the crowd uh a roaring and then everybody in the crowd yells oh, yeah. you know I, I love that bit there's a they play this in um they played this in dublin in 2006 on the master puppets anniversary tour of and the noise that came out well i mean i think they do every time they played sure, in ireland sure. anyway but yeah. yeah yeah it was good it was good it was a nice way to start it was a bit more upbeat than um 
than the 2007 shows, I think. Yeah, yeah, you know, James sounds great, and he is kind of in real singer-songwriter mode at the stool with yeah. his acoustic on his knee, you know, <laughs> singing about Molly, etc. And, uh, you know, he also evokes the lead parts. He sings, da, 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 you know, and, yeah, yeah, they have made this their song. I, I still will always say I much prefer the Finn Lizzy version to this version. I just, I just think something about Phil Lynott's voice, something about Eric yeah. Bell's guitar. I think it's, mm-hmm. it, this is clearly inspired by that version. And, and James says, you know, they borrowed it from the Lizzie version and yeah. you know it's great I think they're in good form it's a nice track to open with a lot of these concerts have opened with longer songs uh, to allow people to acclimatise and in the version that I had there's a few sort of bootlegs online one of which is a periscope version where a guy keeps making the most obnoxious comments throughout the entire thing <laughs> he's like you'll never see them play into someone like this again they're doing it acoustic it's like we know it, like, he said it like nine times to his suffering <laughs> wife or I, I don't really know but the version I saw you often can see from behind James forward and there right. is a huge crowd yeah, yeah, the uh, yeah it was a it's an amphitheater, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, yeah, because when you hear it, you imagine it to be sort of like a maybe like a theater, like an indoor theater, yeah. you know, with stalls and things. But it's not. So yeah, it's a proper venue. Yeah. yeah, it is. And you know, we get into when a blind man cries, which I mm-hmm. suppose could be to a certain extent a teaser of Hardwired. Uh, there's another teaser mm-hmm. later on because this is. <laughs> I, I know, I know. We will get to this version of Hardwired, which is. Let's get to it. Yeah, get oh there. Let's get, oh there. Get um, there. Yeah, so when a blind man cries, uh, deep purple cover, very tasteful. You know, um, they've they've done a few of these sort of tracks, uh, these sort of covers. They like the sort of the large scope, the languishing. You know, there's nothing there's sort of a proggy slight influence there as well. James vamping on the songs, like the space for Kirk to carve uh, high up the fretboard. It it, it yeah. coasts out nicely. I think they um, they suit this song. Yeah, I think it's interesting when they when they've done covers. Um, um, you know when they've recorded covers in the studio and things that they the ones that always sort of stick with me are the ones where they are kind of bit out of the genre a bit left field and they get a chance to sort of put their metallica stamp on it you know and i think that this is such an evocative song in terms of you know it's um one always been one of my favorite deep purple songs and it sort of deals with the idea of you know losing a friend or a relationship coming to a close you know and i think that that again plays into james's wheelhouse it's not something he'd necessarily write so lyrically he wouldn't necessarily write that so openly and forthright so he can channel his emotions and his feelings through someone else's words and that gives it that extra little little twist um i do wish and this is a common theme throughout these two shows for me is I do wish Kirk had um, maybe thought, uh, this is going to sound funny, but thought out his solos a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because there's some nice lead work in there, but then he tries to do some some fast run at the end and, and mm-hmm. he just he doesn't pull it off. And it's kind of like, you know, work, work in the medium, Kirk. You know, it's acoustic. Yeah. You don't have to... Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think uh, you know when we get to Enter Sandman later, he do, he can adapt his playing yeah. um, to, yeah. to reflect well on the, on the composition. But but here I agree, yeah, definitely not. It's kind of you. There's just there's too much of a risk. Like I think um, Pearl Jam's MTV Unplugged is similar, where they just play the electric songs on acoustic guitars. They just happen. Yeah, you know, they haven't sort of rearranged it. And I think yeah, Kirk's work here is definitely evident of that. Um, and I like the end as well, where James is just full throated singing, "I'm a blind man," you know, he's just yeah. sort of going out on that and uh, very convincing very compelling we get hero of the day which even the most hardened load hater i.e me uh loves um you know it is it is a terrific song and i think this is a great version yeah i mean i got um I, I got quite excited when I saw it, you know, when they 
played them at the time and, and they put the set list up online and, um, and I was like, oh, yes, this is one of my favourite sort of favourite songs. Mm. And uh, I was really looking forward to this. Um, it's it's good. Uh, James struggles um, to hit the higher notes. Um, mm-hmm. But I think out of the two performances, I think vocally overall, his performance on the second night on the comparable songs is much better. So, I'm, you know, it is what it is, first night. But um, yeah. I definitely miss Jason on the backing vocals. Yes. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was good. It was nice. Um, it's an interesting... Uh, I was just watching before we started uh, recording. There's a um, a tuning room video um, on Metallica's website, and they play this, and it's just Kirk, Robert, and um, Lars. And all Lars is saying throughout the whole thing is he's saying it's too fast, slow it down, it's right. too heavy. Um, uh, so yeah, it's it it works. It's nice. It's a nice a nice inclusion. Nice to bring that back for the first time in I don't know twenty years or whatever. Quite it a is. while, yeah, quite a while. And you know, just at the start of the song, James says, "Should we play some more?" You know, he's he's very good at teasing the crowd in that way, and he does that for a while he talks about touching the stool as well which is some uh, vintage mm. hetfield humor and you know yeah. who, who doesn't like this song really i agree his voice necessarily isn't the best thing and there's certain things that i miss from the song like jason's backing vocals like what well, i'm thinking of cunning stunks explicitly when he mm. says can't you hear our babies crying and james like i can't hear you when he says that to yeah the crowd, but he doesn't say that here uh, and i always love when he does and you know i think the solo works well and the solo as i always say is quite finn lizzie-esque to me at least on that single string on those sort of you know quite quite yeah. pleasing uh, melodies and um, yeah James says as well they haven't played the song in a long 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 time and you know it's about kids going out in the world and trying to find the right heroes if you know what I mean and yeah. I guess you know as a father of, of young children uh, well yeah I mean this wasn't even that long ago was it so like two years ago but they are still young yeah. um, I'm trying to think if I know the names of Hetfield's kids I think one's called Caster I don't think I'm that much yes. of a mega fan what are the other ones do you want me to tell you? <laughs> Metalla Champ back in the building. What are the other two? Oh, no, now I'm more pressure. So one's called Cali. Yeah. So oh, as Cali, in California. Right. Yeah. Um, and you've got Marcella. So he's got two girls and a boy. Oh, yeah. that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think I went on his Popper Het Instagram, which I think he's mm-hmm. sort of doing, you know, occasionally now. But there's lots of photos early on of him just with his kids. And it's just like, God damn. Like it's just yeah. so nice. It's just so nice to see him enjoying yeah. fatherhood. Um, there's a there's an interesting there's a quite a funny little story. I think it's in maybe in so what or an interview or something where he was talking about having kids and and whether they listen to Metallica or not. And he yeah. said that his son did, but what he ended up doing was um, for some reason he decided to buy Metallica songs from iTunes. Right. So James was sort of like, well, you know, we've we've got the CD. <laughs> so essentially, I'm paying for you to buy to buy my music. <laughs> Which I then get back. It's this weird cycle. So yeah, he definitely. I think uh, yeah, he must be. Uh, it'd be great. We'd imagine having James Hetfield as your dad. Oh my god. Yeah, I just he he feels like a father figure to me in a way. Anyway, like you yeah. Know, um, but but yeah, he's just. I remember in the Joe Rogan episode, they were talking about like the kids doing homework and all this sort yeah. of stuff, and just just normal dad shit in between the bee chat, which which took up the majority of it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which, which again was interesting. And James Hetfield going to this bee club, and you know, um, yeah, yeah. So. Um, as you say, it was a two-night thing, as is the whole of the Bridge School benefit. So they did swap out a few songs here and there. On the second yeah. night, we don't get Hero of the Day. Um, we get For Whom the Bell Tolls, which I don't know about you. It sort of has hardwired itis where it's just them mm. just playing the song sincerely as they would play it normally. Maybe the chords ring out a little bit more in the intro to give it more of an acoustic flavor. Um, it's fine, but it's not yeah. really something that I would return to. 
No, I mean, it raised an eyebrow when I saw it on the set list and I thought, oh, okay, maybe they're going to do sort of a, like a disposable heroes or within my hands type yeah. of thing like they did in 2007. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It, it doesn't work. I mean, it's interesting to hear it acoustically because it's a real, you know, it's in a different medium. But it just, it just doesn't, it just doesn't work. And I, I, that that's one of three questionable choices uh, um, uh, for me uh, out of these shows. I'm just like, you know, you could have done so many other things. Uh, I, I would tend to gravitate more towards the low deer simply because I think those songs lend themselves. Yeah better to that sort of stripping it down as opposed to say doing blackened uh you know but uh yeah it's okay but uh, you know i I think it's just a shame that they put that song in the set list when they when there might have been something else they could have done a bit more interesting yeah i think there's a few songs throughout and we've discussed this on past episodes as well that they just perform live all the time and they don't really need to rehearse or rearrange yeah. with, you know, let's just uh, unplug, so to speak. And yeah, I mean, one of my favorite things about um, Bells is the end when it sort of cracks apart and Kirk's like wailing and you don't really get that here. It sounds kind of wimpy um, yeah. just because there's the, the, the source on the sound and, and the bends yeah. are quite, quite, quite empty. So yeah, they play Bells on the second night. On both nights, uh, they play Bleeding Me, which mm-hmm. I mean, is going to do well in this sort of mm. environment right yeah i mean it's as i said you know l- those load songs are, are, are a lot more you know bluesy based mm-hmm. so it's a lot more it's a lot easier to trans transcribe that into an, an acoustic setting i think it's really uh i think it works really well the, the the one of the main problems i have with this and a couple of other songs is lars and his fucking tambourine <laughs> right like just Lars seems to think that the song's acoustic so we have to change it up a bit which is great but then his decision is to not play and it and it and it bugs me because sometimes you need that body you need that sort of oomph behind the song and 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 he just he just thinks i'll just hit a tambourine for three and a half minutes and then i'll play drums for two minutes and then i'll play tambourine for another three and a half minutes and it kind of like well you may as well not bothered. You may as well sat out and they could have done something completely different. Yeah. You know, it just, it annoys me. But yeah. it's good. I like the song. No, no, it's good. It's a slightly shorter version as well, I should say. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's a real solo. There's got the pre-solo section with the slide, which obviously sounds fantastic here. And, um, mm. you know, yeah, Kirk as well is, I should say, he's looking fly as fuck. Like he's, he's dressed to the nines here. Yeah. Uh, whereas Rob's more in his baseball cap. And, and, you know, James has made an effort as well. But yeah, it, it's faithful and it's cool to hear it here. And they do a good job. And James says at the end, you know, enough of this quiet stuff. Uh, you know, let's wake up. And um, somewhere in the world, Ethan Luck's ears have, have perked up. I know he's a, he's a big Clash fan because um, they cover the Clash here, which yes, a song I'd never heard before, John. I've got to be honest. I'm, I'm not, I don't really know the Clash that well. Uh, I don't dislike yeah. them. I just don't know them that very well. Uh, this is from London Calling. Uh, it's Clampdown. Yep. Yes. Um, I actually got, I actually, that's the only Clash album I own. I bought it on vinyl from uh uk supermarket tescos oh, yeah, uh yeah. On, on an impulse buy yeah i mean i'd um i'd never heard the song until then and i had to go back and sort of just refresh myself and say which one uh, was it um i like that album it's great i really like this version i really like this song i think it works really well because they're playing power chords but mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. continuous yeah. you know so the rhythm the, the, the notes are continuously coming so it sounds really good rob's backing vocals well done yeah, he's finally found his. So clearly, they just need to play punk songs, and his vocals sound amazing. Uh, just not on Metallica songs, sadly. Um, and James's vocals, 
you know, the voices in uh, on the line, you know, the voices in your head are calling. It just sounds so menacing, like so evil. You yeah. know, it's uh, yeah, it's a great, great song. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just got that sort of classic punk timbre. Working for the clamp down, 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 you know, and you sort, yeah, of, yeah. you sort of know what it is as soon as you listen to it. But yeah, uh, lyrically, it's interesting. And James says at the end, uh, rehearsing the song, it wouldn't leave his head for days. And yeah, mm. this is this is good. This is kind of what you want to hear. You want to hear you yeah. know, your sort of punky Metallica, them doing something a bit different, not just them recreating songs you know before or not quite as well. And you know, mm. I, I appreciate them them going out on a limb here. Uh, James ever bashful as well. Talks of the amazing artists playing at the bill, and then there's themselves. But you know, it's so cool. This is the third time Metallica have done it as well. It seems to engender the Bridge School lots of returning artists. I think they you know yeah. they really enjoy playing there and the opportunity it gives them. And yeah, Clampdown. This is this is a fun one. This is a little bit of a interesting miscellany and another uh, oddball uh, song here is Enter Sandman, but it's not like just you know, the Black Album opener. They really mm. sort of revised what this song is, didn't they? Mm. It's, um, so my first note is, this is awesome. Mm. Um, love it. I, I love it when they when they take a song of theirs, like they did with All Within My Hands, yep. uh, specifically. They take a song of theirs and they rework it and you kind of go, this is interesting. This is what I want from, from you know, when Metallica cover Metallica um, in this kind of setting. I want something new and interesting. I don't want Bells, which is just a straight rendition, yep. but on acoustic. I want something interesting, you know, and um, it, it's, it's, it's fantastic. It's evil. It's dark. It's menacing. It's much closer so um thematically i suppose to the original idea behind the song which was about cop death yes um so it's much it's got much more of that sort of evil undertone very much in the lover man uh, mold as well so um yeah it's uh, it's great there's lars with his tambourine again yeah yeah, yeah uh, which i've written someone take his bloody tambourine away from him um <laughs> I, I don't know how kurt can play the certainly the beginning of the solo out of time yeah uh, <laughs> that annoyed me you know, it's too busy again. He's just, it's, it's, it's too much, you know, but, um, yeah, it's really, really interesting. This is the one that I gravitate to most, I think, out of this, uh, out of this whole, yeah. uh, these shows. Yeah, it's an impressive reinterpretation. Um, you know, the sort of the, the chords leave the chorus. So it's da exit light. It's, it's kind of hard for me to sing it. That's, that's exactly like the original, but you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, again, have you listened to this? And yeah. at times it's sort of hard to, if you just sort of put someone into the middle of the song, it'd be slightly hard to recognize where you are. But when you sort of have the whole piece, it becomes mm. very clear. And yeah, I agree. Kirk's actual solo, solo isn't that good i think the little riff the little lick that he does that leads into the second verse um mm. sounds way less metal sounds way more stevie ray here and it opens up yeah. the section and there isn't a pulse to the song as there normally is so when we get no. to the hush little baby lay down section mm. it is very somber um very intimate and yeah i'm pretty wild about this actually i hadn't heard this before we were doing this episode and um mm. yeah it, it, it couldn't have went better really no, I mean, the, you're right. That the, the prayer section is 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 creepy as fuck. Mm. And then you're like, you again. I'm, you know, when last time we spoke, I, oh, I've you know, I've certainly made this clear that Lars is my guy. Like I'm a Lars fan. Yeah. Um, but like, just oh, come on, please, Lars. You know, the end of that, the end of that, um, that prayer section, and it builds, and then you've got the key change, and it's ominous, and it's you know, there's a portent of something happening, and you're expecting this, him to come in, and he doesn't come in for another verse, uh, another you know, another four bars or whatever, and you're like, but that was the whole point of that build is for you to come crashing in, and and play along, and you just it it 
it was a letdown. That was a letdown for me. But overall, fantastic song, great, great arrangement, and um, and definitely something that I'd like to hear electric. I think that would be yeah. interesting if they, you know, knock that out to HQ one afternoon just to see what it would sound like with a bit of you know, a bit of effects and, yeah, like and you know, that. and it was uh, you know, yeah. And James gets his sort of uh, villain laugh on at the end as well, <laughs> uh, which, yeah, which is yeah. always fun to hear. A little extra creepy on the side there, James says, and he yeah. talks about Metallica being together for thirty-five years, and again, which is nothing compared to the talent that's been up here tonight, which which again sort of you know puts them in in, in their place there. And he talks about Hardwired coming out which you hadn't came out at this time, and they're going to play something from it. It's too fast, James says. Um, quite ominously, <laughs> too fast for acoustic, but we don't care. So yeah. we, we get into this version of Hardwired. I mean, what are the big problems with it for you? Well, James himself said it. It's yeah. too fast for acoustic, <laughs> yeah. uh, but we don't care. And we all thought that. Well, we all thought the first part of it anyway. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it's them. It's their attitude that they've had for 35, 30 seven years whatever it is now you know the fact that they want to do something and they don't really care what people think because they are vibing on it or they you know mm. it's enjoyable to them i think um the first note that i'd written uh is two words and it simply says oh dear okay. um, <laughs> well, well they they actually fuck it up don't they in the intro yeah. they have to restart <laughs> yeah. it because um yeah. you know you can tell it's a new song kirk says yikes says james how unprofessional so yeah they they begin it and it's kind of a nice sort of soft, slow flamenco intro, which is very hardwired intro. And then when they get yeah. into the main riff, the wheels fall off, it seems. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Kirk comes in too early, um, yeah. which is why, it, which is why it, it, it fucks up. But um, yeah, I mean, I like the fact that they've given some concession to that in as much as that they all stop when the vocals come in on the verse. So there's a bit, you know, they, they stop, James does the verse, and then they all come back in. So I like that dynamic of the stop-start. The bass intro is great as well, you know, because it, it, it builds tension. Yeah. But, um, you know, the solo sounds decent acoustically, mm-hmm. uh, which, which breaks my brain because it's, you know, it's a fast one, yeah. yet the slower ones, he you know had trouble with so yeah i mean i don't know i mean they, they, i was trying to think what other song they could have played from this album and the only one that i came up with was halo on yeah. fire because so, it's a little bit slower and a bit more melodic but um yeah they were obviously in that vein they were a month well no they were about three weeks away or so from yeah. the release of the album you know they were they were you know you can you can forgive them a little bit for doing it but again like with bells it's a shame that they took up a slot in the set for something that is a bit, for me, a bit ho-hum. Yeah, and that no one's going to know that, you know, okay, no one's going to know um, Clamp Down either, but at least there's a bit of thought gone behind that. But yeah, in, yeah. in another way, people want to hear these new tracks, and this is a way of getting mm-hmm. them out there. But I guess this is already out, wasn't it? The single. So people... I was trying to think. Yeah, I think they Probably. didn't. They, they... Because they did a um, like uh, the first time Hardwired ever got played, they did a raid. It was on a radio show, um, and there was a sort of uh, you know, it was Lars was sort of joking around like, "I've got an iPod here, and it's got the new Metallica album. Do you want to hear it?" And the the DJ was like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever." And then he just plugged it in and played it, and then it was just like they dropped, and that was the moment, you know. And he was like, "Wow!" So I think it, I think it might have already been out I at this point. It, yeah, it was actually on Metallica's uh, YouTube channel. The video came out the eighteenth of August. So it had been out a few months, go. actually. Yeah. So, so yeah, I yeah. guess people would have been uh, familiar with it to a certain extent here. But, yeah, yeah it's... Um, I mean, Rob's going full crab, which is nice. Yeah. sort of bouncing <laughs> parallel. And, yeah, they don't have the... Uh, full the, crab. Yeah, <laughs> they don't, don't have the sort of chugging. So Rob is sort of providing that, uh, you know, the basis, the foundation for them here. James at the end says that was terrible, which is, you yeah. know, we had a little fun. It was special, he says. But, you yeah. know, they hold their hands yeah. up and... Um, that, that really made me laugh when Kirk said that was special. Yeah. 
it really was Kirk, yes. And, um, you know, continuing this theme, um, which we've seen a lot through this concert of electric songs that maybe don't really need an acoustic edition, uh, Seek and Destroy, John. Yeah. Um, yeah. You I know mean, what I mean? It's like, why? I don't. That's the first note I've written. Why? <laughs> Question mark. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't know. You, you know, it, it, it's a real shame, I think, because these uh, these acoustic outings are, uh, you know, few and far between. And basically, there's almost a decade between each one. And, um, you know, when they get the opportunity, you kind of hope that they would do something that is special or something that is um, unique. And, and to, to sort of pad out a set list with, you know, bells and and hardwired and seek and destroy i mean i like seek and destroy but that's that's a live song yeah. you know that is a live song um it's great that the crowd are into it and they're singing you oh, know yeah. it's, there's lots it's, of that, boys yeah yeah you know i mean the solo is terrible yeah um, yeah um there are so many other good songs in the catalog or so many other more perhaps more songs that would have been more interesting um it, it, it's a shame again that they they've chosen to do this but i suppose it's a bit interesting to hear but there's nothing much different about it so no no nothing at all and it does suffer um the, the, i agree the solo is terrible and the middle section where it speeds up the na 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 the problem yeah. is um yeah. It, that's all that's all on the a string and on these yep. acoustic guitars it's just flapping all over the place and it just sounds yeah. kind of messy it doesn't sound tight it doesn't sound flashy it doesn't sound interesting yeah. um and you know they they cut it short somewhat but it's still quite a lengthy rendition of the track and you know it makes sense normally playing this at the end of a concert to get the energy back up the crowd participation or you know when i saw them on the hardware tour i think it was like the third song they played and again that can be quite a, a fun gambit but in yeah. in this in this amphitheater on these nights um no. you know not for me and they only played this on one of the nights the other mm. night they swapped out for a song uh, they did nothing else matters on the 2007 one didn't they as well yeah both yeah, nights, they yeah. Did. and not much to say, really. It's an acoustic version of a great song. Yeah, does what it says on the tin. Yeah. You know what you're getting when nothing else matters. You do, so. you do. Um, and a surprise of the night, uh, or maybe somewhat to be expected, is that Misty Neil Young comes on stage to jam with mm. the boys, which is fucking crazy. I'm sure if you would have told, you know, a downy ear Hep era Hetfield that mm. one day he'd jam with Neil Young, he'd call you a poser or something like that. You know, it's uh, <laughs> yeah. you can't you can't you can't really imagine that. But yeah, they they perform uh, Mr. Soul which is a song that Neil wrote uh, for Buffalo Springfield. And, you know, I love 60s and 70s bands. They were so matter-of-fact with their album titles. So the second Buffalo Springfield album is just called Buffalo Springfield Again, which, you know, is is, is perfect, really. And, you know, to me, like, I quite like Neil Young. I've listened to quite a lot of Neil Young over the years. I don't really mm. like Mr. Soul as a song. Uh, I, it just doesn't really do it for me. But, you know, nonetheless, very entertaining to see, you know, um, Metallica, Nash and Young, if you will. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I've, I've never been a big uh, Neil Young fan. Right. I don't particularly I don't particularly get on with his voice. Um, it's kind of appreci- right? Yeah, you know, but I mean, it, 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 it goes to, you know, I'm aware of his, you know, I know obviously his place in music and the and the influence that he's had. And, you know, he, he, he was responsible and, and, you know, Crosby, Stills, Nash and were responsible for some of the sort of, era defining sounds of the 60s and 70s oh, yeah. um but um 
yeah i mean i i i didn't what i didn't do with the songs uh that i didn't know so same with the the 2007 one is i, I didn't go and listen to the original first i listened to the metallica version just to judge it on on its own merit and the first thing that i thought when i listened is like god that riff sounds a lot like satisfaction by the uh, yes Rolling Stones. i thought exactly the same thing yeah Definitely. And I had to check, and I was like, when was that written? And Satisfaction was written in 65, and this one was 67. Right. So I was, I'm not, not saying he stole it. It huh? just, all, all I kept going was, uh, I can't get, no, throughout the entire yeah. song. But totally. uh, it's also about three seconds away from falling apart, I think, as well. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It does have that sort of just crazy horse jam endlessness to it that, you yeah. know, isn't... I never thought it was as interesting as people tell me it is. Like, I like Neil Young, and, like, he's an interesting lead guitar player, but... It's just, yeah, it's a jam. It's a fun jam at the end of yeah. a charity concert. We yeah. shouldn't hold it to any any real strictures here. And, you know, lots no. of nice moments. Neil beaming as him and Kirk are sort of rocking out together, you know, facing off. And Neil's just got this old battered acoustic guitar that's taken so many years mm. of strums. And, you know, him and James sharing the mic as well yeah. um, is awesome. But, but yeah, they end with Mr. Soul, John. Any, any closing thoughts on, on Mr. Soul? Um, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's, as you say, taking it for what it is, you know, it's, it's an opportunity for them to jam with, you know, a, 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 an icon, a musical, a musical icon, um, you know, a hugely influential, uh, singer songwriter. And, um, I think you can, as you say, you can see and you can hear the, you know, the, the fun that they have with that, you know, it reminded me somewhat of the, um, the Ray Davis song, the kink song, um, yeah. you've really got me, you know, it's just an opportunity to, you know, play something nice and straightforward and, and just have a bit of fun with it. So yeah, fair play. Definitely. Definitely. And, and that essentially wraps us up, uh, for the bridge school concert so far. Can you imagine 2027, 2026 Metallica coming back <laughs> for a fourth time? Um, I can imagine I'd like them to, yeah. I think, um, I mean, I don't know. I can't presume, but I would like if they do play again, it would be nice to sort of, feel that they'd i'm not saying they haven't but it would be nice to feel that they put some time into it you know a bit of rehearsal maybe rearrange a few things you know i mean they're always going to play or they're always going to want to play nothing else matters and that's fine but you know maybe maybe break out a little bit more try something a little bit different you know rework something um you know acoustically and 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 see where it goes you know or maybe do uh, maybe do an acoustic album you know just to download only something not a big you know big deal or whatever but just you know i think that would be really interesting yeah or just an ep or something like a beyond magnetic sort of thing or maybe you know do it in 2027 30th 30th reload anniversary just do the whole album. Um, I won't watch it, but you know, I was some, say. yeah, <laughs> some people I'm sure I'm sure would enjoy it. But yeah, I mean, so everyone listening, please go back. Obviously, check out these concerts. Check out our discussions as well. Let us know in the comments. Um, you know what your favourite songs are from these renditions, and you know they are really interesting to go through. And with Metallica, yeah. there's always jewels there. You know, it's always worthwhile to dig into this history, uh, whether it be compositionally in terms of performance or just a funny thing that James says. You know, it's mm. uh, there's, there's always fruit on the vine. And I should say that me and John will be back. Um, you know, we've sort of concluded our Bridge School series. We're going to be starting a new series uh, looking at So What, which I'm sure many people are probably aware of, um, which is the magazine of Metallica. It sort of, you know, documents the band from the inside out. It's been going since 1993. And it's going to be called the So What Files. We haven't actually recorded it yet, but we're going to no. sort of go through uh, issue by issue, you know, point out interesting stuff that you might not have seen because I myself had never read So What until I bought mm. the um, Stefan Chirazi book which sort of collects a lot of the articles and i was blown away by the level of detail you know i thought i was a metallica Mm. fan and the amount of information there that you can't get anywhere else is quite stunning isn't it 
Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it was a sad day when they decided to. I mean, I know why they did, but when they decided to end the print version, you know, because yeah. that was really something. The you know, I was a member of the club for quite a few years and there was always that excitement of oh, the new issue is coming you know what's going to be in there and things and uh yeah i've really enjoyed going back and uh and uh reading some of them there's some absolute gold um oh, yeah. in there not just for you know in terms of metallica and the information but you know some of the stuff on the letters page just is is genius <laughs> I, re- I can't wait to <laughs> dig into it so yeah really can't. um you know listen out for that guys because we'll be doing that soon on the show as well please subscribe to the show please comment please share please tell your metallica friends about the show as well leave us a review on itunes patreon all that stuff um john how do people get at you your blog that sort of stuff yeah so it's that john sturm so it's storm but with an a U instead of an O. God, I forgot how to spell my own name then for a second. Uh, .wordpress.com. Um, I haven't written anything in over a year, but there's enough content yeah. there if you're a Metallica fan. To, and if you're a fan of the Load era, there's certainly content there for yes. you. And um, yeah, as always, you know, do uh, do some work for Kiss Podcast, Pot of Thunder. So check that out too if you like uh, three idiots talking about a band wearing makeup. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's awesome, man. And Stats of Thunder, is that the Instagram that you... Yes, that's. Uh, there's also a, a, a Facebook um, page as well, so we do videos and we've got a poll going on at the moment as well where various Kiss classic songs battle it out for the ultimate title of the ultimate Kiss classic. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Would you say, I, I'd probably say number one would be the Beatles in terms of how many podcasts are about a band. Would, would Kiss be mm. second? There seem to be so many Kiss podcasts. Yeah, I mean, uh, I only listen to a handful um, yeah. because some of them, you know, there's only so much you could listen to, um, yeah. uh, you know. But um, yeah, there's 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 a lot, and uh, the Metallica ones seem to be growing too. There are, so. yeah, there are a lot of Metallica ones as well. So you know, I'm I sure. mean, obviously the forefathers, the godfathers of this all are obviously yourself and uh, Metal Up Your Podcast. Metal Up Your Podcast, you know? yeah, yeah, we, I, yeah. I think we're the you know on the Amphrax uh, of the big four. They're, they're the Metallica, um, but uh, the, yeah, the, the, the redheaded stepson, if yeah. you like. I'm the corrosion of conformity of them all, <laughs> and you know, I'm, I'm happy with that place. But yeah, thank you everyone for listening. Um, you know, check out the old episodes as I said before. Check out Metal or your podcast. Check out all the other Metallica podcasts that are out there. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, check out So What Files, which will be coming soon. But John, as always, it's been a treat, man. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. <laughs>